Today is April 25th. And looking back, well, the 26th, when everyone's listening, but yeah. Oh, touche, touche. Yes. Yesterday, then, uh, you know what? That fitting. I'm looking ahead to the future. A la what was released yesterday for you people. We're living in on Wednesday now. The uh, Hubble telescope was launched. I don't know if you remember the day the Hubble telescope was actually launched. You were pretty young. I was pretty young. I can remember one thing is that the idea of that was so out of this world like people were thinking they're going to see different galaxies and what could that mean does that mean you're going to be able to see alien technology ufos other planets are you going to be able to see into the future and i know that sounds chaotic and crazy but you have to think it was a simpler time and people didn't really know anything about anything and the idea of looking into the future has got me kind of thinking a little bit of if you could know the future the old you can have four questions answered but you have to know the following. I'll give you four answers, whatever you want to know, anything. But I have to also let you know when you're going to die. No. Would, would, okay. <laughs> no. Who would want to? I mean, I guess there's some. Yeah, there's some solace in that. But who would want to find out that it's like a week from now? Right, exactly. That's the thing is you don't know that information and it's Schrodinger's cat, I guess, kind of type thing where you better off not knowing because if it's when I'm 80, well, will I be yeah. solace and like, you know what, I I've lived a great life or at 80, am I still kind of rocking and rolling and it's like, great. Or at 65, I'm gonna be like, shit, I got 15 more years of this. <laughs> oh boy. But what if you could look in the future? Hmm. Would you if you could bet on uh, going back in the past, back to the future style, the old uh, sports almanac, what do you think would have been the best thing to have bet on? Because let's say back in the day, they didn't really have futures nearly as much as they have now. And it's just strictly like odds. I mean, without telling you and looking it up, what do we think would have been just miraculous odds? Like if Caesar's Sportsbook was still open, you're talking about like I had a little app on my phone somehow and I could make a bet. At some point? Yes, but to an extent of that, you have to go back to the times of what was real. Like the idea of um, Team USA winning the right. Miracle on Ice, the silver, not the silver medal game, but the uh, semifinals. They probably, the odds were probably just like, ah, very unlikely. Right. Plus 300. They didn't do the analytics like they do now. Sure. I bet I bet I bet you could have got some crazy live odds game six of the 86 World Series when the Mets were trailing for the Mets to, to win the World Series. And I bet you could have got some crazy live odds in like when the eighth inning finished. That's true. That would have been a great one. Oh, man, I wonder that would be fun to look back and see if there's a way to actually do that. What what would have been the greatest odds on favorite? Yeah, just like women. thinking back, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it had to be like live. I mean, just to think about great upsets and things, probably some boxing match that we're not thinking of right now, right? Like, oh, Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, definitely. There you go, for sure. That would have that would have paid off pretty well. Um, I wonder if you could have got, you know, some. Uh, something real quick on like the Leitner shot. I'm just trying to think of like great mm. sports moments in our lifetime, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that would have been um, very good. I mean, hell, looking back to like 
uh, Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile, you know, mm. something never done before. It's like, okay. But I think we're, we could probably do an entire segment, an entire podcast, entire season. That would be easier to do on that than it would be <laughs> on covering one specific uh, role within baseball, which is the relief pitching. And um, this is reliever recon. I was going to say, and yet here we are <laughs> doing it again. Week 77 of the reliever <laughs> show for Aaron Bags and I still going strong. And, you know, as we said, as we could look back in the future, let's let's take a look and look. What can we look forward to this upcoming week? Because it's been chaotic. I mean, don't get me wrong. Across the, the bullpens as a whole, I think we kind of knew it was every year's kind of the same. Uh, it's up and down. Closers suck. There's no such thing as a closer. Some teams will use them. Others won't. Oh, he came in the eighth. We know all those things. But let's look at the week going forward. Kind of alluded by uh, Greg here is Daniel Bard making a little bit of a, a return. Do you think he receives a save opportunity before the weekend? Well, I mean, that depends heavily, obviously, on his team context. I, this is the problem with saves, relievers, the whole, the whole jazz, right? Like, we can't, if we knew that the Rockies were going to have a three-run or fewer lead with less than nine outs to go in the baseball game, then we no. would know um, that Daniel Bard would have that opportunity. I think, yes. Um, why not? He's not. back. He already appeared in the game. He says he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the Rockies' bullpen is busting with immense <laughs> talent or anything like that. Right. So I don't see a big hurdle besides the fact that I'm not quite sure who Colorado's playing this week. I know they have home games at the end of the week. Uh, Cleveland right now. Okay. And then at the end of the week, I think it is the. Uh... They definitely go back home because they I have do go back home. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I had it. It's one of, uh, Arizona, Arizona. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, there'll be a save opportunity somewhere this week for Daniel Bard. And I hope. He converts it. I mean, we're rooting for him. Of course we are. He was he was our guy. I mean, he was Greg's guy last year. Touted him all throughout late March, early April. And he came through in a big way. And, you know, of course we're going to – we. Root, I mean, I don't think there's a – is there a closer that you aren't rooting for? No. Um, no. No. More, situ- no you, more situations to evolve, right? That's kind of – right. You're not rooting yeah. necessarily against, say, Andrew Chafin. You're just hoping that a situation evolves that um, Miguel Castro takes that role and runs with it if you invest in Miguel Castro or something like that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's situationally speaking on a per game basis, I'm rooting against like, let's say, any ninth inning role against my Cardinals, sure. which um, has been plenty because uh, <laughs> Cardinals aren't winning too many baseball games <laughs> right now. But, you know, let's let's not uh, digress. Let's, we can. Yowzers. Well, speaking of the central, actually the uh, Dodgers are in the uh, central and they are playing. Wait, hide, hide I'm your reading. Sis- hide your sisters from the Dodgers, right? Yeah. You say that on the show. <laughs> exactly. I don't really know. Uh, really it's like, I mean, and so Evan funny Phillips stuff. is returning. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Cody Bellinger now. It's it was Mookie. It was uh, you know, I, I, Max Muncy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was Max Muncy, uh, Evan Phillips, Bruce Darger, Adderall, uh, Mookie, and now probably Trevor Bauer. And I've said capacity. this before on this show. 
we need to have a someone who's dedicated to finding out due dates for relief pitchers' wives and significant others. We need to have that. If we had known, think about had we had known that all of these, that these two Dodgers relievers were both significant others were having children in late April. We yeah. would have, we would have been pushing to stash away, you know, who knows who. But Daniel we, Hudson, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, that didn't work out wah, so well. Wah, wah, wah. So, question about Evan Phillips. Now that he's returned, does he appear? You think in more of the high leverage role with an opportunity for for whom? Uh, Alex Vesia maybe into the potential save opportunity. Is there another name that you think could? I mean, is it? Caleb Ferguson, Shelby Miller for crying out loud. What a what kind of interesting name can we see? And here's the secondary question. Let's say that it Bradderall's out for at least a few days because he, you know, loves his kids and wants to spend time seeing them and all. Evan Phillips does not get a save, but someone like Shelby Miller does. Does Shelby Miller actually garner more than a $10 bid in fab? Will he or should he? Yes. No, no, no. Will he? Not should. We know the answer to should, but will. Yeah, he will. It's it's the it's the what have you done for me lately? We we look back. I mean, Greg does a great job. You do a great job looking back. Uh, Bullpen Guru does a great job looking back at all the fab bids. And every, I mean, week after week on week after week for year on year on year, the guy who got the last save is the guy who got the $28 bid or $17 bid. It happens so regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, it's not a waste of money because it's such a low investment and why not? I get it. I really do understand that, especially if you're really struggling for saves. Why not take a shot on somebody? You don't have to invest a big amount of money and you can always just cut him next week. But do you put it, I, I always wonder, what do you do with that roster spot? Do you, you put him in your lineup next week? I can't do that. That's that's not a great way to go about chasing that category at all. So um, I think, I mean, who knows what Gratterall's family, family situation is like. And hopefully, you know, the birth goes well and the baby and mom are healthy and all those things. And he gets right back to the mound. Still, though, the guy that you want in this so far, the guy that you want is Evan Phillips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, will Dave Roberts revert back to the HLR role for Evan Phillips? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers aren't playing exactly the most inspired baseball right now. We know that um, they had a very lackluster offseason, let some guys go, didn't really go after any big names. So, yeah, I mean, when things are going wrong, you fall back on what worked in the past. Mm-hmm. I-, I could see, you know, he didn't commit. It's not like he said, Evan Phillips is my closer because he's never going to say that. He right. just said, more often than not, we'd like to get him in the ninth inning. Those could be the biggest outs of the game. He could see more of that than anybody else, but that doesn't mean that five other guys could see the ninth inning in the next two months and get some saves mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. Evan Phillips is the guy you want in the bullpen. And I, you know, I'd like to say that next up, I mean, next up for us was Daniel Hudson. That's not an option any longer. So Gratterall kind of moves up the list for me a little bit. As somebody who Joel Pinheiro touted on this podcast last year, mm-hmm. as somebody who could have really had a breakthrough season in that role. And he definitely has, I would say, the mentality to do that. Not necessarily, 
you know, you think of Gratterall, you don't think of like this big blow away stuff type of guy. He throws hard, but he just doesn't get the swings and misses. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm. You won't catch me bidding on Shelby Miller or Alex Vesia or whoever gets the save this week. No, and it will happen. It'll be on Sunday, and the Sunday save tax yep. is always pointed out, and then I will go there. Um, the money is spent in Houston. The uh, both Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, both have been heavily bid upon in fab last week we saw that ryan presley apparently is quote-unquote sick don't know what's going on is it's i mean i know we pitched three of the four days prior to the weekend including friday and then the back-to-back for abreu i mean do we i don't know what to even think i really don't i i want to think that abreu is a you know at the top of this hierarchy but it wouldn't shock me in the least to see going back to old tried and true kind of like you said with with you know, the Dodgers going back to Rafael Montero. Well, if you had to choose one side and it's announced today, tonight, tomorrow, Ryan Presley will be out um, going on the 15 day IL with an undisclosed uh, illness. And we hope that doesn't happen, of course, but let's say it does it your money. You have a hundred dollars. You can only spend it one way or the other. You can't allocate it into both Abreu or Montero. Well, the good news is you don't need a hundred dollars to become a subscriber to reliever recon. You need way, <laughs> way less than that to get the answer to this question, which will be on our full version of this episode, which you can find at www.patreon.com slash reliever recon. Nate and I are going to go over there, finish out this episode, talk about the Houston bullpen and many others like we do every single week. Included in your subscription are Greg's daily updated closer charts with 175 tabs for every single type of league standings points gained points leagues links to usage five six relief pitchers deep in every single one and a blurb every single day on just about every single bullpen bullpen gurus daily streamers nate sold column i've got a points league twice a week that i'm doing look at the weekend and a breakdown of guys during the week we also have power rankings we have eric samolsky's pitch videos the fab five i didn't mention that every single sunday where we drop the you know all this advice for you in the shortest form possible just a few minutes all you have to do is listen and set set your fab bids with us you can have all that for a fraction of a hundred dollars and so um come on over join us the largest fantasy baseball patreon group on planet earth and we will see you over there